Hello, everyone, and welcome to the next episode of Hoopod. My name is Blair Beveridge, and thank you for once again tuning in. On this week's show, Joey Tierlin and I welcome Jeff Brutlog. Now, I've known Jeff for quite some time. He was one of those internet friends of mine that I that were discovered through the Geek and Sundry vlogger search. And ever since that search has ended, Jeff's been a very supportive positive and kind member of the Geek and Sundry community, and I am very happy to call him a friend. Um, on this podcast, we talk a little bit about Stranger Things, some Sailor Moon, some Supergirl, a little bit of my favorite subject of all time, Star Wars, uh, some Final Fantasy, and there's quite a bit on RuPaul. If you're a fan of RuPaul and the Drag Race, uh, you will enjoy this. Joey and Jeff have a grand old time talking about that. Um, we have a couple of sections that we've been borrowing from a podcast to which we will give credit to. And uh, yeah, that's that's where we're going with this podcast, guys. Now, the future of Hoopod is, is going to get a little bit of a turn, not, not a complete turn, but a meander, if you will. Um, we've been finding that uh, the demand for people within the community who you know want, we want to get to know, uh, it's a little lower than, than we'd hoped. Uh, obviously, if you are a member of this community and you want to be on this podcast, please contest contact us at humanpodcast at gmail.com and we will happily put you on and you know introduce you to the community but as we're filling time and filling gaps we're going to be bringing in some people to interview that we believe would be beneficial to the community people that we as hosts uh really kind of admire and, and want to you know bring their talents to you so there may be some people that aren't necessarily in the team human group that you'll be hearing on the podcast over the next little bit but that doesn't mean they won't be that just means we're introducing you to them okay so i hope that's that's not much too much of a step out for you guys but that's where the who pod will be going to fill some holes over the next little while um we're really excited about some of the guests we have lined up we have some people that you guys are familiar with, some people that you're not. Uh, we're, we're booking a bunch of them right now and trying to work out some schedules. So Hoopod is looking bright, guys. Future is very shiny. And this podcast, I have terrible grammar. I, I, I trip over my words constantly, and Joey calls me out on it the whole time. Anyway, let's get into it. Hoopod number 34 with our guest, Jeff Brulog. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the next episode of Hoopod. This week, we are joined by an old friend of mine, somebody who's been a member of this community for quite some time. Welcome, Jeffrey, and I'm going to butcher your last name, so I'll let you say it yourself. It's Brutlog. I could have almost got it. I was about to say Brutlog, so I'm glad I let you do it. So, Jeffrey Brutlog, welcome. Hi, hello. <laughs> and this week, we are joined by both of our lovely co-hosts, Tyrolyn Puxty. Yay, hello. And Joey Couture. Blair, you, you really couldn't have made his intro any more just weird, could you? Okay, let's start again. <laughs> no, I'm totally uh, three. No, we're, no, we're not starting over. Just keep going. We're totally going with that. There's, there's, no, there's no retcons here. This isn't torture. Yeah. Yeah, no, I really, I know I butchered that one. That was horrible. That was by far the worst I've ever done. Oh, come on. But everybody, that's okay. everybody knows I give Blair shit. Come on. It's his job. It, it is. Job. It is. The very first time Joey was my co-host, um, we started talking, and on the podcast, he stopped me to ask what my name was, because he had forgotten. <laughs> Dang. So, yeah. So, yeah. that's that's Everybody's good for that. So, how did you find Team Human, Jeff? Well, I'd have to say that I guess it started when I was 
um, a part of the Geek and Sundry blogger search. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how I started really getting into vlogging. And then uh, I kind of saw the Team Human community just around the internet, you know, just kind of the activities that you were doing. And I wasn't quite sure what it is, but I always supported you guys from afar because you all seem pretty amazing. Thank you very Aww. much. So now you're part of that vlogger search that's come up with a few of our, our past guests. I guess the easiest kind of leading question is how did you find Felicia Day? Ooh, um, my first introduction to Felicia Day was I had an old roommate who had watched the Guild before, and I just knew that she kind of existed as like an actress, and I didn't really know much about her then. And then I think I really uh, started like getting into her when I saw Doctor Horrible, which I thought was really amazing. And then she also ended up appearing on Supernatural, which has been my favorite role by far of hers as uh, Charlie. Charlie is pretty phenomenal. Oh my god, she's amazing. Um, but yeah, that's kind of my extent to how, how I know her. And now I watch her on the Geek and Sundry channel as um, on Cooptitude, and I think she's an absolute gem. Can I just and jump in to talk about Supernatural, right? I'm so okay. excited. Like, I've been having dreams about it. Um, pretty much all the actors from Supernatural are coming to Australia in May as like a little Supernatural convention. I've never been to one before. And it's got Jensen Ackles and Jared Padalecki and, you know, I'm just... You know, trying to work out how to propose to them as one does. Um, but uh, no, no. But um, I, it's such a shame. I mean, obviously, it's big congratulations to Felicia for having her beautiful daughter. But it's such a shame that the timing, because it would have been a great opportunity for her to come over with the Supernatural cast. And then we could have met all of them. Do you guys have anything like that in America, Supernatural cons? Uh, yes. Yeah. They well, that's, have that's what... That's how old a, a Felicia Appreciation Day came to be, wasn't it? Oh, from was a Supernatural, supernatural con, con, was it? It must. Or, no way. I feel like it was. I think so. There, there was a, there was a secret uh, Facebook group that was created by the person who uh, kind of rallied us all together, Tristan, and um, at, at, and and he basically. Uh, found a bunch of her fans and brought them into this group and said, okay, you know, provide stories, provide videos, provide all of these wonderful tributes to her, put it together, made a video of it, made a scrapbook of it, and presented it to her at this, uh, this uh, conference down in, down, I don't know, somewhere in the States. I don't remember exactly where. That's amazing. I had no idea that was because of a Supernatural Con. But yeah, anyway, just wanted to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, I mean, talk about Supernatural. I know how much you love the show, and in, in particular, Mr. Eccles. Is that Eccles? Eccles. Eccles. God, Blair, get it right. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right, last Fire names are your forte. <laughs> they really are. They truly are. Does that mean you'd say my uh, last name is Pukstie? No, I've always pronounced your name right. Terrilyn Pukstie. <laughs> Fine, I'm going to now call you Terrilyn Pukstie for the rest of time. Oh, my God. <laughs> So mixed, Pooksty. <laughs> it sounds like a really bad, like Canadian cuisine, but also at the same time, it it sounds like a really, really trashy stripper. It sounds like one of those polarizing foods to where like certain people love it and certain people are like, "Ew, you eat Pooksty? That's disgusting." <laughs> right? I'll it have the like Pooksty with like, a side of Pooksty. Macaroni and cheese. I don't understand it. What? Are you kidding me? I can't eat it without ketchup. I knew I'd get a rise out of him. <laughs> well, you talk mac and cheese, or as Canadians call it, craft dinner. Um, you can't mess with my craft dinner. You can't do that. It's not allowed. 
I will mess with it all the time. I put ketchup on a lot of things though, and that like I put ketchup on eggs, and my wife's like, Ugh. "See, I do that too, but I have to have a lot of black pepper on my eggs too. Not not like yes. where it looks like you know a blizzard, a blizzard came through on it or something, but I gotta have some pepper on there too." Well, see, I can see ketchup on eggs though, because see, I don't know, like, because eggs are fairly bland, so like you know the ketchup adds some stuff to it. You know what you should put on everything, which I now do. Don't you say aioli? Aioli? No, okay. oh no, yeah, aioli. <laughs> I even dip my vegetables oh. in aioli now. I'm addicted. It's probably really aioli's bad. It's tasty. So tasty. tasty. Yeah. I completely respect that choice. Thank you. Thank you. See, you know. <laughs> but that that pooksty stuff. Ugh. Oh. <laughs> Stay away from that. Can't trust those pooksties. It's an acquired taste. <laughs> Speaking of Canadian food, you see Erica came up to my neck of the woods this week. Oh, yeah. Former guest, Erica. Oh, yeah. She had her first, I did see that. She had her first poutine, and that is how it's properly pronounced, my friends. Um, she found milk in bags, which st- still dumbfounds me that Americans think is weird. Um, Not me, because we had that in middle school. They were, they were smaller pouches, though. And mm-hmm. they became a great toy after after you were all done. <laughs> the the only weird thing about bag milk is that you get three bags and it's four liters. So it's like, how much is in each bag? It's like a liter and point three 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 <laughs> infinity. So a liter and a third in each bag. Weird. Dang. Anyway, things that go through Canadians' minds. <laughs> um, so what are some of your uh, so your passions, Jeff? What are, what are some of your fandoms? Oh goodness. Um... The one I'd probably be uh, obsessing with most recently has been Stranger Things. Yes. Uh, and the trailer suppose, for season two just came out. I I kind of stopped breathing for the whole thing when I saw it. And I was the only one that was like actually freaking out hardcore in the room. Because everyone at that Super Bowl party that I was at were all these sports-loving like, you know, people that weren't really paying attention to Stranger Things very much. So here I am freaking out amongst all these people that are like, okay, that's cool. What did you think of Winona Ryder's reaction at uh, the, the awards? Did you see that? Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I, I like yeah, the pizza gif. Everywhere. Oh, the pizza gif makes me laugh every time. It's so that's accurate. It's the greatest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I don't know what the hell she must have been on something. Oh, and, she was you know, definitely off her face, yeah. <laughs> because I mean, she's had issues with substance abuse, I believe, if memory serves. I know she got caught stealing from a place. I'm like, you have millions of what? Well, okay, but um, yeah, I think she's probably got some some. Well, they tried to spin it around. They said that it wasn't that she was um, high or drunk. They said it <laughs> that she was confused by his speech because apparently he rehearsed a different speech. Uh, earlier that night so they're saying that her reactions was just because she was confused by what he was saying but i don't think i believe that (laughs) that was that's quite a strong reaction to someone changing a speech like she was not subtle about that at all well you know she is an actress (laughs) well she's got to make it big you got to make it big. But uh, I sent this to, to Jeff a little earlier tonight, the uh, reaction of the kids actually seeing the trailer. Oh, my God. It was so adorable. They are the most pure children in Hollywood right now. And I can't, like, I hope they continue to be the way that they are as they get older. But, like, maybe I more did, mature, obviously. I did, too. I actually really love the enthusiasm the kids have about the show and, and how talented Millie Bobby Brown is. Oh, like, my she's, gosh. She's amazing. She's incredible. Like she, and I it's mean, a big he, thing for a young girl to shave her hair. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, you don't get many girls that would do that voluntarily. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. 
she plays 11 very very well and then all the like when they were doing the circuit and she's like this this rapper and i'm like what really <laughs> right <laughs> so surprising throw down um but yeah i'm i'm a big stranger fan a uh, stranger things fan as well <laughs> you're joey, just a strange did, did, fan <laughs> stranger fans thing yes i'm on fire tonight guys Whoa. uh joey you i think you were you're about to say you haven't seen it yet uh, no, I haven't seen it yet. I mean, I've heard nothing but great things about it. It's not that I don't want to see it. It's been a matter of um, time management. I'll <laughs> mm. get that. There's all kinds of stuff going on, but I actually do have plans very, very soon to, to sit down and watch it because I want to make sure I have time to sit and watch it all the way through because if, I, if it's as good as people say it is, I know I'm going to want to sit there and I'm going to want to binge the entire thing. I'm not going to stop. So oh, I need to make sure I have a complete weekend set aside for it. Yeah, you love this genre, so I think you will really, really enjoy it. And as as kooky as she was at the awards, Winona Ryder was great mm. in the in the series. Oh my gosh, incredible! Yeah. yeah, so it was, it was, it was. It's great. I'm happy it's coming back, um, and I'm looking forward to it. I mean, Halloween. I don't want to wish away a whole lot of good good weather, but um, it, that'll be, that'll be a nice surprise for Halloween. I'm really looking forward to that. Definitely. Um, so beyond Stranger Things, what else you got going on in that fandom world? What else have I been watching? Um, I've been playing the new Final Fantasy with every bit of free time that I've had. Oh, so jealous. Oh, my God. Now, this is the uh, one where it's literally, like, all male characters? Y- yes. Um, I did have a little bit of a problem with that because they've always been so good about including, like, a good cast of uh, playable female characters. But... I do have to admit, I do like the way they kind of made this kind of like most of the game seems to be about the relationship between them. And it's not it's not a very conventional, you know, male relationship that they all have. Like they're all a lot more close together and they don't really like treat each other like the typical hyper masculine bros. So I think that was the, I think that kind of made up for the fact that there are absolutely zero female playable characters. I have to say when I first saw a lot of the um advertising images and and promo I- images of just the, the the main characters it felt like i was watching some kind of fashion show in milan or something <laughs> just because of their clothes and the red bottom shoes i'm like what the hell is this yeah the characters dress very well um i think once i i'm not sure if i'm just like missing a lot of side quests where you can get new clothes or if it's after you beat the game that you start getting these things but yeah there are like a lot of different outfits for them so, yeah, they're pretty fashionable dudes. Because I know that the 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 main character from Final Fantasy Thirteen, which I haven't I haven't played anything beyond um, eleven two, uh, or you know okay. uh, ten two. Sorry. Um, oh yeah, that was Yuna, ten two with with Yuna, yeah, and and Riku, Riku and Pain. Yeah. Um, right. I haven't played anything yeah. Final Fantasy beyond that, only because. I didn't have access to, you know, either the right console or or whatever, because I still don't have a PS4. I probably won't ever have a PS4, no. not because I don't want to. Um, I'm in the same boat, Joey. Exactly <laughs> the same boat. But I, I've i seen that since Final Fantasy XIII, uh, the lead character in that, she's got the long pink hair. She's mm-hmm. Her character has been used in advertising for fashion, so I'm wondering if they were doing the same thing with this one as well oh yeah i can see that Uh, i remember seeing that and i was just i was very confused by it but it it worked (laughs) 
No, I, I, I love Final Fantasy games, and it's paining me that it's not out for any of the other systems that I own, or just specifically for the PC. But I think they want to keep their PC and console gaming separate. With the PC, they do the MMO, which uh, I, I have played and uh, I have enjoyed. But uh, I, I really do miss playing, not playing this console game. Well, right. when they released, uh, I believe it's called Type Zero. Mm -hmm. When that came out, it came out for PS4 and Xbox One. And then a couple of months later, they actually released it for the PC through uh, for um, Steam. So I, I'm, that one's I'm on there as far likewise, as I know. Yeah. But it, maybe 15 will also follow the same route. I mean, they, if they were smart, they would do it. Well, frankly, what they'll do is they'll wait till it stops selling in, on PS4, and then they'll release it on PC because they got a whole bunch of gamers like me who are chomping at the bits. But it's going to most likely be a backport, and uh, it won't be as as clean and as good. But uh, I'm I'm hoping they do it because I have played every Final Fantasy to this point, and I hate having a hole in my game. Yeah, I would be very frustrated if I was you because. Final Fantasy has been, like, my fandom. Like, I've been playing Final Fantasy games since I was, like, five years old. <laughs> so, like, they're definitely, like, one of those, like, I don't even care. Like, I don't need to hear anything about, like, whether or not it's going to be good or bad. Like, I'll just buy it. Because I know it's, like, it's been with me that long. What is your ultimate favorite Final Fantasy game? What is the one that you can look at and be like, you know what, I, if this was the only one of you that existed, I'd be so happy no matter what? You know, I always Most used to... Most people I know would say seven, but I wouldn't. Yeah, I liked seven. I enjoyed seven a lot, and I probably put the most amount of time in seven. Is either between seven or twelve that I put the most amount of time in. But I have to say that my favorite, I guess, would have to be ten. I there was never really a time in there where I was like frustrated or like felt like the game wasn't like having momentum, and I, like I thought all the characters were designed really well, and I think they all had like really unique personalities. And I could, like, when I was younger, I couldn't really follow the stories very well. <laughs> but, like, I remember just loving everything about it, like, the aesthetics and the gameplay and everything. But I, I think 10 was, like, at a point in my life where I, like, finally understood, like, the dynamics of, like, relationships of people in the video games. And, like, I think that's... Right. So I have, like, a special appreciation for that one. Is 9 the one with Blitzball? No, that would be Titus. 10. Oh, that is 10. So Titus, yeah. 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 So, so that that was my, my, my personal favorite one as well. Uh, 7... Seven grabbed me um, in a way a game like that hadn't grabbed me in a long time. So I have to tip my hat to Seven, but Ten is my favorite um, as well. I really liked the story arc in that. Um, I liked that they brought out a sequel to it. It was so popular. They actually, it's the first time I think they've ever sequeled a game like that. Right, yeah. Um, and deservedly so. And, you know, with Yuna, um, I think she's the lead character in X2, if memory serves. Uh, yep. Yeah, so that was I thought that was a really smart and bold move as well. So, um, those were my two favorite. Though I, I again I got to tip my hat to to seven because yeah, without seven, seven was pretty groundbreaking happen. because I think yeah. that was like the first time they ever really like because you know the whole killing off one of the biggest characters in there like that was, I'm sure like at the time nobody expected that that would happen. Mm -hmm. I really like Blitzball. I don't know why, but I just <laughs> really liked playing Blitzball. No, you know what's funny is I actually did too, and I'm not even a sporty person, but like I found myself like spending like at least at least an hour, like a few times when I was playing it, just playing Blitzball because I was so captivated by it. It's not easy. <laughs> it's it's like a no. side quest more or less, but it's not easy. No, I was um, terrible at it. 
You know, just like, hey, I got the greatest blitzball player ever, and I still suck. What the hell? <laughs> I know. It just always felt like everything was against me when I played blitzball. Now, are you a Kingdom right. Hearts fan by any chance? Ah. Uh, <laughs> um, yes and no. I did like it, you know, during its, like, heyday when, like, they were actually, like, pretty consistently coming out with games. But I don't know. I feel like I've been, like, a set apart from it for so long that I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't feel the need to play it. Like, I'm not, like, as excited about Kingdom Hearts 3 as probably a lot of people are. Well, they've delayed it, what, four years? They they oh, kept saying, oh, yeah. it would be out in the summer. No, it would be out by Christmas. No, it would be out in the spring. No, it would be out by... It's like, pick a time and stick with it. Right, and I think they actually have, like, a confirmed date now, don't they? They had a confirmed date last time. Oh, well... <laughs> that's why I'm not holding my breath. I don't even own a system that's going to play it anyway, so it's it doesn't really matter to me too much. But I keep seeing, you know, different advertisements. Here's Kingdom Hearts 2.5. Now they have 2.8. I'm like... Really? What else are you putting into this game that we haven't already seen? See, I think that's kind of where it got me, too, is, like, they kept putting in so many side stories and backstories for characters that I kind of, like, it felt like they were forcing me to care about things that maybe didn't really matter that much to the main story. So I think that's kind of where I started getting a little lost. Mm. As a Zelda fan, I know I know this pain. I'm just happy that... I'm going to be able to play this new Zelda game on my Wii U because I am not buying the Switch. I'm sorry. Um, there's there's only three titles that I I would buy a new Nintendo system for. That I'll be honest, the Mario title looks good, and I'll probably get a pull when when that comes out. But Zelda and Mario Kart and Mario Kart's a backport of the current game, so I was like, all right, well, two of the three don't don't need it. So Switch is not in my future, and I'm just I'm so happy because I thought they were going to delay it so long and not release it on the Wii U. I was going to lose my shit. Right now, with the Switch, because I haven't really heard that much about it, are there going to be games that are exclusive to the Switch? I would in in general, most Nintendo games are exclusive. They don't really fight too hard for the you know the the, the ones that they all challenge for. Right, right. Um, it's it's just you know there are certain Nintendo feel games that are uh, for me I won't buy a system unless there's at least three games that I need to have it for right and um, unless they come out with a different Mario Kart upon the one that they've already announced I don't think I'll be touching this switch to be honest yeah that's kind of where I'm at with it too because I already have a Wii U it's like it seems like it'd be a waste of money at this point yep so I got my Zelda coming out in in about a month which I'm really looking forward to and uh, that's that's the next console game I'm playing. Like I'm actually in a gaming lull right right now. I I, I streamed on Friday, um, Civ Six, which I like the game, but it's a terrible game to stream. It's slow. It's boring. You'd think there'd be a lot of opportunity to interact, but there's just nothing going on for people to interact with. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I I'm kind of in a stuck zone. Like I play a lot of Overwatch, but I think everybody streams Overwatch. I don't want to be you know doing that game everyone else is doing. Um, but I'm kind of in a lull with the game right now. So, uh, listeners out there, if you have any gaming suggestions, please let me know. Send them to have Hoopod, and I'll be happy to throw them up on uh, on Steam or whatever, and then try to get a new game in there. How about TV, Jeff? Or sorry, go ahead, Joy. Oh no, I, w- I was just gonna jump in and say like, well, I know that you played Diablo three. Why don't you play Diablo three live? I can do that. I gotta re-download it. But you're right. That is some some game. I haven't played that in a long time. But that is the ultimate just blow everything up game. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? I prefer like, when I did it. I, I, I have a hard time playing characters that require mana mm, because 
run out of mana. I, I burn through it so fast, which is why if I if I, if I play a character that requires mana, it's a Blood Elf in World of Warcraft because right. I can at least suck it back out of the enemy. Um, but when I whenever I play Diablo, I have to play a melee character, so it, mm -hmm. either Paladin or Barbarian. And Barbarian, that one, that one's my favorite. Especially when you get to the big gigantic weapon and it's just like, ooh, look at all of these clay pots. There's a hundred. Ooh, how many I can get them in one swing? <laughs> I actually really like playing the Witch Doctor. And I play this very specific plague build where it's a bunch of dots that you just dot people up. And then you kind of make all the dots fire at once. And it just explodes all of these enemies around me. I love that build. But you spend most of your time just running around everybody, dotting them up. And then running into the middle of them and popping this thing that makes all the dots go off. Um, I, uh, anyway, that, that's how I play <laughs> Diablo. I quite enjoy it though. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's a possibility. I just got to re-download that. Uh, how about TV? What sort of TV do you enjoy, Joe? Uh, right now, uh, the shows I'm keeping up with, uh, Supergirl is one of them. I've just got back into that and, and, and really enjoying it. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, again, I'm more of like a, kind of like a new age person when it comes to like comic uh, book related uh, entertainment so this has kind of been getting into uh, getting me into Supergirl as a whole and I think the way they're modernizing it is amazing and I think it seems to be one of the one of the most progressive shows that I've watched on uh, mainstream TV and I think that's really cool I got two Supergirl questions for you okay one what do you think of Guardian and that whole thing <laughs> um I I don't know. I always have a weird thing about vigilantes in um, comic book plots just because, I don't know, there seems to be something so arrogant about them to me to where they're just like, these people who have already been, you know, kind of determined as these people who are going to save the city, like, they're clearly not doing a good enough job, so I'm going to go do it. Um, and I mean, I've never, I haven't had a problem with Jimmy up until now, but I think since he's been starting this, he's been kind of getting like this arrogant little like personality about him to where like yeah I don't, it's it's kind of turning me off on him now well i i think they made a conscious decision to basically not make him the boyfriend and instead um like what else can you do with him oh well let's turn him into a superhero too it's like well no and then you bring him on now and let's turn him into a superhero too no you know it's right. like um i, I kind of is like the, the the theme of the show is it's supergirl supergirl goes and does her thing Right. And and she's the heroine. She's she's Buffy, if you want to think of it in that context. Um, and the other thing is, they have all the male characters fall for Supergirl, and she's got no interest in any of them. She shows interest, and then she takes it away. And then in other cases, she just doesn't have any interest at all. Oh yeah, uh, I guess I didn't really realize that until you just pointed it out. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's one of those things that I'm just like, well, I don't know why you keep doing that. I mean. Is it, you know, it seems like any guy who wants to have anything to do with her has a crush on her. It's like, well, you know, how about have a relationship that that's not the foundation? Because <laughs> it seems like, with the exception of uh, the guy who plays Martian Manhunter, the father figures, if you will, all of the people her age are her friends because they had crushes on her. And it's just kind of like, ah, can you go another way? Yeah, no, because yeah, that kind of seems a little demeaning to her because it seems like she, yeah. you know, she can't just have these male friends. And exactly. instead, that has to be like a potential love interest. I yeah, I get that. So that so that kind of annoys me. It's like don't introduce them as possible in romantic interests to be shot down, and not just one of them, but all of them. Really, every single one of them. But uh, beyond that, I actually really enjoy the show. I like what they've done recently with uh, 
with Alex Danvers in particular. I thought that was Ooh. a very br- brave move. Yeah, that was actually uh, the the episode where she was uh, trying to come out for the first time. That that got me. Like I was feeling all kinds of emotions because I because mm-hmm. I could I could I felt like empathetic with her because I know I've been in the same situation. As as we have two gentlemen here that have had to go through. I guess this 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 similar situation. Um, Joey, have you watched Supergirl at all? I have not watched Supergirl, and not because I haven't been interested. Again, it's a it's a whole time mm-hmm. management thing. <laughs> um, right. I feel but it. I there was an article posted. I saw floating through you know my Facebook feed, and it was about you know this is you know what the crew and cast of Supergirl said to you know someone's letter about toning down all of the homosexuality that's been on the show and I'm thinking to myself wait a minute hold on I'm like Supergirl's not a show not not <laughs> to peg it into a corner or anything but Supergirl's not a show where I would peg a lot of homosexuality to come up so I didn't read the articles because I'm like nope that's going to be a lot of spoilers and I know you guys kind of already spoiled a little something but that's fine I kind of I was expecting it um but now I'm really curious to see just because <laughs> Just because of that one little blurb, I'm curious to see what it is that has this one person in an uproar about. Because I know that in some uh, comic editions, Martian Manhunter is is gay in the comics. I don't know if they're going to end up having him that way on the show at one point. Who knows? But I, I'm interested in seeing it, if that answers your question in a elongated way. Yeah, so, sorry for the, I guess, the spoiler there. But no, no, frank, it's fine. I'm, ba- I'm bound to hear a spoiler here and there. I mean, this is 2017. It's going to happen. And, and frankly, and I mean, I'm sure Jeff can back me up on this, there's very recent and very little homosexual content in, in this show. It's, and see, my thing about it is even if it was like harder than what they're perceiving it to be, I don't feel like it matters. Because no, we've endured, you know, essentially softcore porn scenes between a man and a woman and mm-hmm. so many shows. Um, and then there's also, like, How to Get Away with Murder. Like, there's a, a same-sex couple in there. Uh, there's also some uproar with that, too. But they got even more hardcore in there. So the fact that people are in an uproar about Supergirl, when, and without spoiling it, essentially, this couple has really, really only just kind of, like, made out. That's as, you know, yeah. sexual as they've gotten. and. So to me, it's like, suck it up. I've had to watch heterosexual couples kiss since I've been born. So, mm-hmm. like, you can you can deal with it now. I just want one superhero, or or just like I like he like it can it can even be a lesbian. I don't I don't care. I want a character who happens to be homosexual and is like you know the up in front lead you know like they're up in front kind of like how batman's up in front or green lantern's up in front like i want one of those like i'm not saying i'm not hating on arrow i'm not hating on supergirl i'm not hating on flash i'm like i just want i'm sick and tired of gay characters always being the supportive characters for once i just want one that's in the front on primetime television can i just have one Preach. <laughs> like, it's, it's... the closest thing to that was Willow on Buffy, and even then, she's still a supportive character. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, Will and Grace, I think, had that for at least a while. No, see, that that's comedy. That's, that's a half-hour sitcom okay, that's comedy. A different... This is not gotcha. something that involves supernatural powers, you know, mutant ability. Like, gotcha. I okay. need something that is on the cinematic level that these shows are on the CW or CB. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, it's all now on CW and whatnot. Like, uh-huh. I want something on that level. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you there. All right, someone get on that. You have, you have, <laughs> Sorry, you have an audience really at the ready. Like just, <laughs> I didn't really didn't mean to like just start screaming that out there, but I, it's just no, that's fine. it's so frustrating. It's it really it really is like it's getting old. I'm like this is 2017. Okay, we have some jackass in office who in five days is overturning so much history and so much bullcrap, and we can't have this one thing. Apparently not. <laughs> like really? Okay, like I'm, I'm done. I'm done with my tangent. I'm gonna shut up now. <laughs> no, please don't shut up. No, these 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 are great conversations. That's why we do this podcast. These are real things. And you know, I I, I love this sort of thing. I love this conversation. Don't don't ever apologize for for being passionate about anything. I mean, if I'm gonna say that to any past or present or future guests, please don't ever don't tell your passion about anything. Yeah, That's I've been. What, I've been kind of subscribing to the thought of like now more than ever is the time to be vocal about how you feel about things like this. Because I mean, I know so many people nowadays that are like, you know, I don't want to speak up about politics on Facebook because I don't want like my Facebook to be like political or like, I just don't want to like be talking about that all the time. But it's like, no, this is the time to be talking about it. Like if you feel strongly about something that's happening, say it. So how are you with uh, the walking dead? Uh, I keep up with it. Um, I, uh, I think it's definitely one of my favorite shows, so I will have to say that, yeah. And I've been promising I'd lead in Tyrell into this one, Sailor Moon. Sailor Moon! Sailor Moon! You love Sailor Moon! (laughs) I love Sailor Moon. (laughs) Now, my question to you, um, have you been watching the new Viz dub? Or do you Um, watch the original American, uh, like, 90s dub? I it's been forever since I've watched the original um and to be honest I don't ever know if I've ever watched the original because I thought I was watching the original when I was younger but I think it was maybe more some like different series that they had going on that like came on when I was done with school and now I've been watching the new series that's been out yeah because like I always loved Sailor Moon as a kid in the 90s like I am not a morning person, but I tell you what, Sailor Moon was the one thing that got me up at 7.30 in the morning to rush out and watch it. <laughs> Back right. before you could stream anything. Um, Gotta but get your yeah, daily dose of Magical Girls. Yeah, right, exactly. Sailor Mars for the win. But now um, I have found only recently that they've redubbed the whole series through Viz and they're kind of taking all the original Japanese dialogue and putting it into the English version. And it's just so much better. Like, it's really deep a lot of the original Japanese episodes. Like there were, um, there was a season one finale where all the scouts died. And in the original oh American God. version, they were just like, oh no, they just, they just disappeared for a second. They'll be back later. And it's just so much more emotive. And now as an adult, I think I can appreciate it so much more. So it's come at a good time. Yeah, I agree. Um, I remember, oh God, I got so close to crying at the end of season one. Right. Because <laughs> I, like, I was like, this got so real so fast. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just phenomenal. And it, I always have such a high respect for voice actors who are able to portray that kind of emotion just with their voice. I mean, right. when you think about it, they're just little characters drawn on paper and, you know, they can make us cry. 
Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. So yeah, that's um that's my little love of Sailor Moon. I dress up as Sailor Mars often. There's actually a very odd photo of me. Um, my sister is a pole dancer, but like in the athletic way, not in like the sleazy way. <laughs> <laughs> so she has a in pole. The Stephanie Woodburn way. <laughs> yeah. we got you, we got you. So she has a pole in her kitchen. And like I did pole dancing lessons for like a little bit. I was really crap at it, but I was like, you know what, give it a go. So there is a picture of me dressed up as Sailor Mars at a party hanging off a pole. So it's a little, um, it's a little odd. And I feel like I kind of ruined my childhood by doing that, but you know, <laughs> cue a bunch of people stalking Tierland's old photos on Facebook now. Well, Hey, when Sailor Mars ends up, you know, possibly going to, you know, university, she, you know, she'll need to pay for it somehow. Well, uh, yeah, she doesn't seem like she has much money coming in. <laughs> well, okay. Love so it. I, I, I did not grow up in the, the Sailor Scout era. Obviously, I've seen the costumes many, many times. I have heard things about the show, about how it is in Japan and how it's pretty much pornography. Can you set me straight on this? What is the real deal with Sailor Moon in its original setting in Japan? Ooh, uh, Terrilyn might have to take that one. <laughs> I don't think she wants to touch it with a 10-foot pole. <laughs> Well, nope. Okay. Well. Okay. I'm not a Sailor Moon fan, but there's there's some things that I do know about it. Um, before I get to that, let me um, comment on something that Jeff had mentioned earlier because he wasn't sure about how, um, like where he actually started watching, like he you know, uh, like the older episodes and whatnot. Right. Um, the earlier releases of Sailor Moon, there were, I believe, it was you had the season one and season two or as they call them series and then each technical season that was coming out afterwards each season was its own separate storyline and each of the series had their own name oh okay I, now <laughs> my my friend Paige, who is an absolute sailor moon fan she if i got any of that wrong don't worry my liver will be on somebody's doorstep because she'll kill me <laughs> uh, but as for the whole pornography thing, uh, from what I understand is when they tra whenever they transform, they are actually naked within the transformation. Like they start off clothed, but then they become naked halfway through and then they become reclothed at the end. When it came over to America, it was, oh, look, we're just really glowing and we're just kind of right. silhouetting it. But, you know, this is what's going on. I don't actually oh, nice. know if they show them naked in the Japanese version, though. Okay, I I just I feel that the explanation I was given was just a little too fantastical to be true. Um, so it's it's a little bit of in between. Well, not really even in, in between. It's very minor if that's the case. Whatever. <laughs> um, for our guests that are listening, unfortunately, Tyrlyn's student showed up early, so she had to duck out really quick. Um, now, I can gush a lot about Star Wars with you, and, and people love hearing me gush, but let me just throw it to you and, and your take on Rey, the character. I, I don't know if I so much as love Rey or like really just admire her as a, like a written character right now. Because um, I, I really... I feel like there's a lot of mystery to her right now just because she ended up, you know, on Jakku with, you know, 
who knows where her parents are. We don't even know really who they are. They haven't really given like a concrete thing about it, you know. So she has this mysterious past and, you know, she's survived on her own for so long. Like I don't I just find her really fascinating. I she's my favorite female character I think I've ever come across and that's those are strong words for me. Um I I, I did a interview with the uh, super geeked up guy uh uh, Jeff Burns, when I, he was at a convention up here in Toronto, and he pulled me aside to do an interview. And I just every question he asked me, I was like, Ray, Ray, Ray. And he's like, Is there anyone you like beyond Ray? And I'm like, Well, you keep asking me questions that I think of Ray when you ask them. So, so give me another one, and perhaps I'll give you a different answer. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. Um, so, I mean, that was uh, I just I absolutely love the character of Ray, and and I can't wait to see what they do with her moving forward. I just hope. They can keep Daisy interested for the ride because I think it's going to get to a point where Daisy's probably not going to want to do this thing anymore. I mean, it's, how long did she last on on like Instagram or Twitter? It was like, oh yeah, I remember. I didn't even like really notice when she got rid of her Instagram because I remember seeing her post like all of her like workout videos and just her being herself, and then like suddenly she was oh. gone. Yeah, it's, it's too bad, but people will all all up in that shit, man. I mean, just. Don't scare people away. There's just so many people that are so desperate for attention, and I mean, we see it even, you know, with with Felicia within this community, and and I and we're all fans of hers as well. Um, I think you just got to really take a step back and and try to read what you're writing from someone else's eyes, and uh, we don't want to make these people we all love feel uncomfortable, and uh, because you know Felicia's been a trooper, she's gone through a lot of it, and a lot of other celebrities have, but others just. They don't want to deal with it, and they go away, and we all lose when that happens. So. Right, and it stinks. It really does. Joey! Yeah? Let's get some fire rapidly. Some fire rapidly? Yeah, I'm really bad with words on this one. Fire rapidly. Rapid fire. Jeffrey, are you ready? Uh, well, I hope so. All right, because the time has come for you to answer the rapid fire. Good luck, and don't fuck it up. You had to, you had to squeeze that in there. Thank you. I really did. I really Thank did. Planted the it, seed. It is really uncreative of me, but I'm going to leave it in there just because it sounds so corny. I love it. I love it. All right, so I'm going to be a little bit different with the rapid fire this time around. I feel like Ooh. some not, not you know not a jab at Blair because uh, he is it, the what? one that can, he is the one that originally handed me a lot of the rapid fire questions and. You know, it's like a new a year, year I really want to do something different. Absolutely. This is your section. Do what you want. Well, I'm going to. That's what I'm getting to. I'm, wor- I'm, I'm building, <laughs> building this up, and you're just ruining it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Anyways, so I'm going to be as random and as rapid as I possibly can throughout this entire segment. Perfect. All right. So I'm going to do my best to keep it easy, but then we'll see what happens. Can't make any guarantees here. (laughs) Well. All right. Top three favorite drag queens of RuPaul's Drag Race. Uh, Katya, uh, Adore Delano, and... Oh, oh God. Oh, shoot. I know I had, had like, a set one. Um, uh, I'm going to say Trixie Mattel. Ooh, interesting. I love Trixie. I especially love... Mm, Do you watch that? Oh, my God. I think that's what made me fall in love with her. Yeah, see, I didn't care for Trixie really at first, and then I started watching that, and I was like, yep, I love you. 
Yeah, her presence was really abrasive. Like, she came in with that, like, hard makeup, and I was like, oh, no, who is this, and why is she here? But then, um, yeah, now I've really like, kind of come to respect her. And I totally just lost my complete train of thought because I was actually a different question that I wanted to ask. <laughs> right. But I'm, I may as well just ask it anyways. All right, so a lot of the stuff for season nine, uh, a lot of, a bunch of interviews have popped up, and there's one who I can't remember the name of, but she says she's a walking, talking Barbie doll, basically. And there's I love that there's this meme, and it shows Trixie Mattel doing the whole you know, hair flip thing, like, oh, no, she didn't, because she <laughs> looks nothing, this other queen looks nothing like a Barbie doll. Uh, do you remember which queen it was? Because I'm still kind of trying to learn their names. Oh, she's wearing all pink. It's all pink and really, really nappy blonde hair wig. It's so bad. Is it Kimora Black? It might be. I like her so far. I think she has a cool vibe. See, I can't, I can't make full judgments on them, and I'm not. I, I realize what I just said kind of comes off as a judgment, but when if somebody says Barbie doll, like you gotta come off like a Barbie doll. You can't just here. I'm gonna put my my usual thing on and wear pink and call it Barbie. But I can't make full judgments based on you know the one and a half minute interviews, right? Right. Until you know I've at least seen one or two episodes of them coming on. And after, you know, the shit show of All Stars 2, which we're not going to bother trying to get into because that would be a completely other episode. I it would be here all freaking night anyway. That could be a two-hour episode. <laughs> oh, my God. It, it could be a 200-year thing. Oh, my God. Yes. <sighs> all right. So, favorite color? Red. Favorite style of clothing? Ooh. Ooh. Ah. Uh. I feel like that's a loaded question. It, it is a loaded question, uh, but I'll I'll give I'll give you a freebie here, uh, based on the time of the year that we're in right now. Oh, okay. Um, style. Uh, I like sweaters. <laughs> I like being like f- kind of flowy. We'll we'll use flowy. <laughs> I like that word. Flazy doll. <laughs> oh my god, flazy doll. <laughs> I love Pearl so much, too. Like, if I were to ever become a drag queen, that would I would base my aesthetic off of her because I think she has amazing, amazing clothes and makeup. Do I have something in my face? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. I think everybody's stomach dropped when she did that. Oh, no, she didn't. Oh, no, she better don't. All right. Favorite hobby? Ooh. Um, I guess I'll just say writing. What exactly do you like to write? Ah. Uh, <laughs> um, gosh, I try not to constrain myself to too many things right now just because I feel like I haven't quite found what I enjoy writing most, but I've always really loved writing fiction stories. Is there any genre of fiction or just fiction in general? <sighs> um, thank, you, thank you, Blair, because I was trying to think of a way for me to ask that, <laughs> and it was I was just like, yep, I'm making this completely awkward right now. <laughs> That's not good. It's all right. You, you can cut out the pause. No, it's or funny. leave it in. Um, <laughs> as you do. <laughs> I, uh, not so much in genre. Um, I'm uh, getting ready to tackle possibly a post-apocalyptic story. So, um, But I try not... Mostly I try not to incorporate too much supernatural stuff to it. Because I really try to like to focus more on like the characters and the relationship between characters in my stories. So... I don't like to try to have too many distractions from that. 
post-apocalyptic nice all right here here's one that i'm, I'm stealing and, and blair knows where i'm stealing it from but it's totally fine mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um just give credit where it's due that's all i, I okay so blair introduced me to anna ferris's podcast which i had never listened to uh because rupaul was a recent guest on uh, on her podcast and she had asked him a which you know this one or that one uh who is driving your your uber and i was like oh that's a really good question so i'm going to use the same one here so if you had a choice between willem or bianca del rio as your uber driver who would it be Joey, you did not just do that to me. I just did, Queen. <laughs> I feel my heart ripping into so hard right now. Um, I'm going to have to say Bianca Del Rio because I find her incredibly entertaining. Willem is super entertaining too, but I feel like, like, I don't know. Like, I feel like a part of me would feel kind of unsafe in a car with Willem. <laughs> <laughs> just because, like, he's he's all over the place sometimes. And, I mean, like, granted, I think he's hilarious. But, I mean, like, Bianca Del Rio is, like, crass and sassy and, like, also super classy. So I feel like I could I could vibe with somebody like that driving my Uber. That, and she has, she, she has you know, an, an accountant, which means I'm sure she knows how to pay for her insurance if anything Ooh. happened. Willem's like, check the record. I'm smiling in my mugshot. <laughs> Basically. Willem... Uh, Willem is like the most beautiful mess I've ever seen. Oh, That's I know. It's basically how I think of Willem. Did you get his book? I want to, and I definitely will. Okay. I, ju- I got it just a couple of weeks ago. I haven't completely finished it because I'm going to be on. I'll be honest with you. There is a ton of stuff in this book. Like, a ton. Like, he <laughs> even, in uh, an interview with Grace Helberg, uh, he went on to say it got to the point where he had to record everything that he was putting into this book, you know, like using voice memo on the phone because otherwise he just would not have had time. And then, you know, when you're dictating, you know, something that you've said, it's easier to do. If you're just sitting there and you're trying to think and type about it all at the same time. Yeah. Crampage. <laughs> right. It would have right. been hard, but um, no, there, there's, he's got so much st- stuff in this book, so many different stories and I, I, you know, I, I agree on the, on, on the Uber thing. I would definitely have to have Bianca Del Rio. Totally. Because then you can, like, talk crap about people with her, like, and she'd make it hilarious. Like, it wouldn't even feel like you're talking crap about people because you're laughing so hard. Okay, now, for a subsect of this question, is Bianca in or out of drag? Oh, um... I'm gonna have to say in. Yeah, me too. I would, uh, yeah, because like already I'm picturing in my head like this. It would have to be filmed and put on television, <laughs> right? And I feel like I want to see that makeup up close, just to see like how exactly she's hiding, hiding the man. Well, did you see Hurricane Bianca yet? I have not. Okay. I feel a little bad about that. <laughs> it's on Netflix, which I didn't know until a couple weeks ago. I've watched it. Make sure your internet is really great. Condi- you know. In- working condition because when the hd pops on and it shows a close-up of her face put it on pause Ooh, you really see just how her makeup gets layered on wow 
I'm excited about that now. Like, you can actually see where all of it's different, um, which kind of takes away a little bit of the magic. <laughs> Just a little bit. But it, it's okay. Uh, Willem, Shangela, Alyssa Edwards all have cameos in it. Yes. Um, Love them. But, it, yeah, it's really good. And last, but certainly not least, how freaking awesome is Toronto Gal? She seems, uh, I honestly, I I feel a little guilty because I don't talk to her that much, but I see her all over Twitter and she seems like she is like the fairy godmother of internet people. That is the best description of her I've ever heard. Like I want, I, I want to like be her friend just from what I've seen. <laughs> that may be the best description of her I have ever heard. Uh, you know, she's, she's someone that lives here in my city and, and I would love to just hang out with her. She's just, just a very private person and we're all going to respect that privacy here at Hoopod. But man, I would just love to hang out with her. <laughs> just to talk the day away about positivity and, and wonderful things because uh, um, I, that's just the kind of people I want to be around. That's why I love this community so much. Every, there's so many people that are so positive and, and inclusive and, and that's all I've ever really wanted out of life. Like, when when I when I was really getting down on myself, I made a lot of my difficult things in my life very simple. I said, well, what do you want? I said, I want to be happy. Well, what makes you happy? Positive people and people who include everybody. Well, that's not hard. Yeah, no, I guess it isn't. You know, sort of idea. <laughs> it, it's very easy to say. It's very difficult to put into practice. Um, but it's what I've been striving for for the last five six years. Once you find people of like mind, you you tend that they, they find others and find others. And then they build a group called Team Human and things are wonderful. <laughs> right. I think a lot of people don't quite realize that, that the people you're around really do affect the mood that you're in. Because if you're just kind of giving into the collective attitude of everybody there, then you, you're not realizing that you're being really down on yourself and you can, you know, be in a community that makes you feel a lot better. Negative energy is the thing that it takes away from me and my happiness the most. Like if I see somebody just being purely negative, I'm out. You know, if I'm at work, I will deal, but as soon as I can, I'm out. If I'm in a family situation, I'll deal, but as soon as I can, I'm out because I just don't have time, energy, or desire to deal with people who are negative right? or, or ignorant or anything else that just sucks the life out of me. And I've spent most of my life... Um, dealing with these people and now I'm just no I'm done and maybe that comes with age you're just like no I'm not going to deal with people that are that way anymore screw it forget it I'm done but uh, anyway that that's that's Blair's philosophy on life make it simpler than it looks and focus on the things that keep you happy the best you can I like that philosophy again easier said than done <laughs> I understand that you know, I'm, this would be something I would generally throw to Tierland, but uh, Joey and I have been playing around with these, this new concept we both picked up from Anna Ferris's podcast. And Joey, let's play some Deal Breaker, shall we? All right. All right, so basically, Deal Breaker, it's pretty simple. Uh, we each present a scenario, uh, and we comment whether or not this scenario is a deal breaker of if it's a deal breaker basically you know that's it in a nutshell <laughs> um <clears throat> so i will go first i'll present it to both to you and blair and if you both have a deal breaker you want to throw back out uh we'll do that so if you guys are ready we will do the deal breaker go for it 
I am so ready, and I want to say that I'm super excited that you guys picked this, because I kind of forgot that you guys did it, but you just reminded me that you did it on a podcast once, and now I'm really excited. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So you're meeting this guy or girl through a dating app, and part of me is already seeing somebody's eyes rolling in the back of their head right now, like, oh, please, preaching to the choir. (laughs) Myself. Anyways, so, and, you know, you're talking back and forth, and you decide to meet, and you go out on a first date, and things seem like they're going well, but there's something that's beginning to rear its head a lot, and it is the subject of ex-boyfriends. And even after the first date, you're like, well, maybe, you know, they were nervous and they they were trying to think of something to talk about. And it was the first thing that came to mind. But after like the second, third, going into the fourth date, even possibly, it's something that is prevalent a lot. The the subject of of an ex of different ex-boyfriends. And it's not even just one. It's all of these situations of this is what I don't want. This is what I don't like. This I didn't like about him. And this is why I didn't continue with him and this is why we didn't last if they're doing a lot of that is that a deal breaker for you i can start jeff you know i think yeah if it's happening that often i think i'd have to say that it's a deal breaker because i feel like that's kind of an indication that they're not really ready to be dating Because if they're really struggling with that many (laughs) problems that they've had with previous relationships, then they probably need to work through those a little bit before they bring that baggage to somebody else. And I don't know that I would want to be dealing with that. Granted, I mean, I get it. Relationships, you know, and breaking up, all very hard things. So, I mean, like, I wouldn't necessarily blame them for being like that. But, I mean, I don't know that I'd want to be jumping into that. See, for me, I get where the person would be coming from. Um, I definitely had a long and winded road before I found my wife. And I found all the things that I liked and all the things that I didn't like. Now, the fact that he has to do the interview as part, like instead of just kind of figuring it out naturally that they keep asking, is annoying. But immediately to me wouldn't be a deal breaker if... If I pointed out the fact that they keep doing it and, and and I'm telling them to relax a bit and they continue, then it would be. Uh, because it's just like, all right, I understand you 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 know what you want and what you don't want. But, you know, we've talked about this a few times. If there's anything I had to say, I would have said it by now. If you can't get that through our interaction, I don't want to keep having this conversation. So it depends on how that after effect happens. Because I get the, the, the mindset the, the constant questioning on it, though, would would drive me bonkers, if that makes any sense. No, totally. it, it makes it makes complete and total sense. Because I'm, I'm, I'm the same way, because if you're constantly comparing and contrasting the time that you've spent with them and the time that you're spending with me, and, you, and it's becoming a, like a comparison, like, am I something that... It kind of comes off like, am I something that you're settling for? Like, oh, you're nothing like these other ones. Even if there's traits about you that I don't like, I'm going to settle for you anyway. 
And then who's to say that I'm not going to become one of those ex-boyfriends that you start comparing and contrasting with somebody else because for whatever reason you might break up with me. Right. I don't care if people talk about me after. I I can almost guarantee you my if my I got all my and it's funny cuz they just did this on the Big Bang Theory this past week. But if you got all don't my Don't spoil it. I haven't even seen it yet. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been, been able to watch it because and with that i oh stop my analogy oh my. <laughs> because i cannot continue it without referencing that that anyway um so i will stop but um anyway <laughs> moving on all right this is for both of you and we'll genericize some of the points um so you've been dating this guy for two months everything is going really well um but you've been both really afraid to talk about your fandoms. They're very important to you. They're very important to him. They're very guarded, they're very special, and you want to, you know, you, you want to make sure it's done at the right time. He decides to dip his toe into the water, and he basically tells you that he has a fandom that you both share. And so you completely fanboy over it for a little while. And then you, after seeing this positive experience coming from him relieving one of his fandoms that happened to be one of yours, you then decide to share one of yours. And in his response back to you is, that's a kid's thing. Why don't you grow up a little bit? Deal breaker? Um, uh, I guess I... Oh, no. <laughs> it's a double-edged sword because... Mm -hmm. Some of those scenarios, see that scenario requires a little bit more of a fine point because you could, could let's say, you know, my, my fandom was Batman that I ended up sharing with him and he could say, well, well, that's kid. That's, that's something like, you know, kid stuff. Like you should really grow up. Like that could be considered that. And in that case, I'd be like, okay, I don't, I don't know what, you know, aneurysm you you've suffered from but i don't i don't think you're i don't think batman's kid stuff <laughs> not really um well, I, I mean the point was that it's something that you love that you don't consider kid stuff but this person who you just had the shared experience over his fandom and you both really loved that thinks that yours is a kid's thing even though you you clearly don't I guess I, I wouldn't say that that's a deal breaker because I feel like I know a lot of people that like still think that like Pokemon's a kid's thing, even though it's so loved by people of so many different ages. Uh, and I feel like as long as he wasn't like mean about it to the point where he would constantly bring it up and like bring me down about it, I feel like it's something we can kind of just like agree to disagree on and like we can try to look for other, you know, fandoms that we would eventually kind of appreciate together fair enough joey similar response different no i i i completely agree on that and like jeff said it would also have to really depend on just kind of how harsh he would have come across with you know like that's kid stuff you gotta grow up like if he came out and was a complete dick oh there would there would have probably been a doghouse getting knocked on because somebody would not have been staying in the bed that night there you go fair enough jeff you got one at the ready i do i do okay since 
since we are all, in, you know, in the content creating community and regard, we have, you know, our support networks of friends and family and whatnot, um, dating would probably also come with the struggle of, maybe not so much struggle, but, you know, the possibility of, you know, telling this significant other or this person you're dating that you have these hobbies, like, you know, you, you have a podcast mm. or, you know, you, mm. you write uh, fiction or you blog or, you know, you, you vlog. Um, so, you know, it comes to the part where you tell them about that. Um, and maybe these, these people kind of, you know, the guy or girl that you're seeing kind of, you know, they kind of dance around it or kind of don't really talk about it. Like it's, you know, something serious, like they might, you know, just really treat it as a hobby, even though like you're very serious about it. Um, and it could, it could possibly get to the point where, you know, they really aren't supporting it because they don't, you know, like, they might just blatantly not like the fact that you're doing it or even like the content that you're creating or at all. So is that a deal breaker? I have an answer, but go ahead, Joey. No, 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 no. You go first. Trust me on this one. 100% deal breaker for me. Um, it comes down to something very basic. If you don't support a passion of mine, even if you don't agree with it, there's no future. Like when I started doing the, this, this, this content creation with the videos or the podcasts, I was really nervous about telling my wife because, I mean, I was already in a committed relationship. I was very much married and it was good and this was something that was very important to me and I was terrified that she would, you know, hate it because this, this was something that I was so passionate about. But she supported me and, and it's not to say that she fully understands it or, or gets it, but she fully supports me in my passions. And that is a life partner. That is somebody that you want to spend your life with. Anyone who doesn't do that, no matter what your relationship is, you're not in a good one. They have to support your passions. For me, it would also be a deal breaker. Um, granted, I've never had to experience that yet. Um, last relationship I was in, uh, they completely understood and knew that it was my way of expression. It was something that I needed to do to create and feel like I had some kind of value in something other than, you know, like a nine to five job. And mm -hmm. they were completely respectable of it. And if I was in a relationship and that ever happened, it would not just be a deal breaker. Um, I would personally probably have to start helping them pack their stuff myself. <laughs> like literally like, yep. Nope. You're toxic. You have to go. <laughs> Got to go. I mean, you, you don't have to, as a partner, do the thing with them. You don't even have to think that it's a worthwhile time thing. But if somebody you love is passionate about something, as long as it's really not hurting them as a human being, you support it just support it that's all that they that you that the person wants from a partner and that's the kind of partner you need to be so yeah not a deal breaker for me <laughs> or sorry totally a deal breaker for me totally um totally a deal breaker for for joey and how about you jeff i know you're a big content creator yeah um yeah the reason i brought this up because it kind of sort of happened once before to me so um yeah it's definitely a deal breaker for me because um you know even though you know full-time job is a necessity and I do put a lot of work and effort and, you know, I feel strongly about what I do, um, my full-time work. I'm definitely super passionate about, you know, all the stuff I'm doing outside of work. So, mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I think, you know, introducing that to somebody and, you know, once I do introduce that to somebody, it's, you know, I very much am try to be attuned to how they react to it, like the very minute details of like how they treat it. Because, I mean, we are kind of in an age now where everyone's a self-starter. Maybe not everybody, mm-hmm. but I mean, most people, you know, are trying to start their own thing. They really don't want to be working for somebody and they really just, you know, want to be, you know, making making it on their own. And so I feel like, you know, the attitude towards it is definitely changing. There are definitely some people out there who still stick to the idea of like, you do the traditional eight to five. And if you don't have this, you know, eight to five job, you don't work a real job. So I really only came across that once. Um, it was a guy that I was talking to on a dating app, which ugh, those happen to be great all the time. Um, and Preaching you know, to the choir. Uh, <laughs> just for just for not to cut you off, just for all the listeners at home, the, for a lot of for a lot of the guys in the gay community, dating apps is it, it kind of comes off like it it feels like it may be the the safest way to attempt to talk to somebody, and and unfortunately that's a lot of like what we have to deal with. It's you think straight people have it hard. We have it just as hard sometimes, if not harder, in a lot of situations, especially when it comes to location. Ooh, totally. But uh, go on. I'm sorry. No, no, you're fine. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, I got to this point with this guy. He he mentioned, you know, before, you know, that, you know, he's, he's like, oh, yeah, I saw your videos. You know, I like them. And, like, it was kind of one of those, like, I... Uh, maybe this was me being paranoid, but, like, I kind of thought he was maybe just saying that just to, you know, like, get on a good side. Like, oh, yeah, I, I quote-unquote checked out your videos, so, like, that'll get you to go on a date with me, right? So, and then, like, we I got to the date with him, and he kind of... The way he ended up bringing up my, um, my YouTube channel uh, specifically was, like, you know, because I'm definitely a low-budget vlogger. So, um, at the time, I was uh, sitting in the best place for lighting, which was on the space between my bed and the wall. And I was, fun fact, I was tipping my lamp to where the top was pointing me to give me some better lighting, very harsh lighting, but better lighting nonetheless. And so he brought that up. He's all like, he like kind of laughed about it too. He's like, so are you like sitting on the floor while you're doing that? And like, it was kind of like, I might've been reading into it too much, but like the way he said it and like the fact that we never really talked about like that part of me anymore after he said that it very much read to me as like ooh he doesn't like that I do this or he thinks that what I'm doing is really not serious so that I mean like I ended up going like on another date with him because like I thought he was kind of funny and like you know I had some fun conversations with him so I kind of let it slide a little bit but then like as we kept going and as I would keep bringing it up and he would keep kind of dodging it in that way it was kind of like I don't think I can do this anymore because you don't seem to take me seriously so it was definitely a deal breaker. See, my first reaction when you mentioned, you know, he asks if you were sitting on the floor. So my first instinct to think of what he's thinking is, oh, he probably thinks I'm poor because I can't afford a chair. And that's why I'm sitting on the floor. Like, oh, like that's where my brain goes. And you know what? I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I have both met and talked to these kinds of people before. And it it's so unnerving. Because while you think you can kind of safely start talking to somebody through one of these things, at the same time, you're still open for judgment. Because they're high, even though like you might may have 
may or may not have seen their picture, because they're still, in a way, hiding behind a screen, they feel like there's an inkling of anonymity and safety that they can just get away with saying it. And it sucks. Mm, yep. I've never used a dating app, so I don't know. You know, I really hate admitting this, but I'm curious. I can't do it. I just can't because if anyone ever saw me on that thing that, you know, knew that, you know, I'm had happily married 10 years, they I would get destroyed, but I am curious. <laughs> I have to admit it, I am really curious. I don't know if I would actually like it to be my lifeline, but I would like it to be at least a form of entertainment. Yeah. So, I'll admit you'd probably be entertained for a good mm, on a, maybe a week. I'd give it like a week, and then maybe after that you'd be like, "Oh, this is kind of weird. Everyone sounds the same." And maybe it's different for straight people, but I mean, like for gay people, especially me living in a very uh, conservative state in general, yeah. um, it, there's not a much of an influx of new guys getting on these dating sites. So it's really the same guys there all the time, just being like, "Oh yeah, I, I've you know hit the proverbial you know like button on you, saying I like you, and you're still just sitting there, and <laughs> here we are." Yeah, because what what's also really sad is that on a lot of those apps is if it's an app that you have not used yet and the second that your photo becomes viewable or your account becomes viewable, everybody is attacking you if it's something even remotely something that they can like about you and you just get bombarded with messages and the second they start knowing a little bit about you after two or three sentences, they're ghosts. You never see them again. That is also true. I had one friend who was was divorced, bad situation. She tried one of our local ones. I don't. Need, well, actually, it might be more or less local. I think it's called Plenty of Fish. I don't know. Oh, that's worldwide. Yeah, that's worldwide. Okay, so she was on that for one day and had a hundred and seventy messages. Holy shit! Dang. And she's just like, what the hell? You know, she went out with a couple of the guys, but, you know, nothing ever materialized. And she's just like, you know what? That's too much. It was just like stimulus overload. And that's the only kind of secondary experience I've had with it, with the exception of all of my young Internet friends that talk to me about it. But most of them talk about it in such a negative sense that I never get any sense that this is a thing that I want to have any part of anyway. Yeah, I. It to me, it's, it's like it, it is become kind of a negative experience i feel like it's really kind of how you treat it like i one of my coworkers, who's one of my good friends she is with her you know boyfriend of two years and they met on a dating app so i mean yeah. like it's one of those like it works for some people and for other people like they just have a string of bad luck i am the latter yeah i do have a friend i do have a couple friends that did meet way back in the early in, uh, days of internet dating but they have they paid for a site and you know, they're, they perfectly matched up. They're great. I'm happy for them. And, and I remember talking with my wife. She's like, if I ever had to date again, I would totally do that. And I'm like, well, I don't know now. Now it's a whole thing. Like, it's it's not before where I think it was, you know, only the really serious went there. Now it's like everybody's there. Yeah. So it's, uh, at least that's what I'm told anyway. So let's wrap this up, gentlemen, shall we? Jeffrey, where can we find you on the interwebs? You can pretty much find me anywhere by typing in a geek in the community. Um, I, that, that's where my website is also, uh, geekinthecommunity.com. Uh, that's where you can find me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, 
all that fun stuff. Well, thank you very much, Jeff. I want to thank everyone who's listened to us for this episode. If you are interested in being on this podcast, you know where to find us at Hoopod and HoomanPodcast at gmail.com. Okay, guys, until next time, take care. Bye. Bye. You can find Blair on Twitter at Blair Beverage, Webisode Watch, and Hoopod. His Twitch channel is twitch.tv slash Blair Beverage, where he streams Friday evenings at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can also find him on YouTube. Just search his name. That's him. Finally, you can catch him playing the Goblin Shaman in the web series Basic Adventuring 101, which can be found on basicadventuring101.com. You can find Joey on Twitter at joeycouture underscore, because someone already stole it, on YouTube as Joey Couture, and you can also find him on Etsy, Joey Couture Geek Chic. You can find Tyrolin at Tiz Thunder on Twitter, Tyrolin Puxty on YouTube, Tyrolin Puxty on Facebook, and I'm pretty much floating around everywhere. T-Y-R-O-L-I-N-P-U-X-T-Y. Thanks for listening, guys. See you next time.